We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. And welcome to the Codex Cantina, where I am Una. And I have a beautiful view, Crypto. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you're new to the Codex Cantina, we take stories and break them down in a literary way. Today we have a very special story. First of all, it is our November Patreon pick by Leslie from The Nerdy Narrative, so thank you for that. And second, this is a fellow YouTube content creator who wrote this story and published it on August 21st, 2021. And this is from Mason in the Dark, and the story is The View from the Fifth Floor. And we will leave a link to his story where you can listen to him reading it to you in the doobly-doo down below for you guys to check that out. And I'd recommend that you do that because this is one of those stories that revolves around kind of like one of those twists. So if the twist is known, this is one of those things that brings a lot of value, I think, to the story. And it's also worth pointing out, too, we have not talked to Mason about the story. I have no idea what his intention was with the story. This is just going to be our reaction. This is kind of going to go through our process of how we review things. And it could be that, you know, Mason was just, maybe he was writing it for uh, this big uh, sleuth intent. Maybe he was writing writing it just to entertain. It's either way going to go through the process where we're going to talk about maybe what are some things that we see in this. I know I would really like to reach out and discuss with the story. Maybe he can come on the channel one day as a guest. That would be amazing and kind of maybe hit on some of the finer points because I know that we discussed a little bit about maybe is this isolationism or what's going on with the main character. And of course, there's the big kind of twist at the end and there's not a lot of foreshadowing to that. So that that kind of that twist is really, really neat and cool. So I'd like to see kind of where he came up with this idea. So this story is told in first-person narration, and interestingly enough, as we read Anna Karenina, and we have tons of themes of public versus private life and isolationism, to your point earlier, I feel like this story kind of touches on that as well. So let's move into kind of like a quick plot summary, and again, you need to go listen to Mason's audit, you know, reading of it. Uh, in order to not be spoiled, because I think it's a very quick listen, and I think it's very much worth it uh, before listening to our discussion on this. So in terms of the plot, it's kind of, we we start out in this narrator, and we're going to get to who the narrator is, but he's kind of musing on his day. We see what he sees from his window. He sees kids kicking balls against the the door, and he yells at them to stop, and he sees, you know, a lady, uh, her her motor thing, you know, runs out of batteries. It's it's quite comical. He, He has a gift of humor, if you will, both the narrator and Mason in that sense. And kind of what happens is it all leads up to basically an ambulance in terms of plot showing up at the door, and, you know, the police are knocking on the door, busting in. And first of all, when they're busting in, I'm kind of like, man... What are the legal rules in in this country for when police are allowed to enter a, a property? But uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> th- this this is when it becomes clear because I'm like, this guy's right here. They can't just enter without exigency. Well, at least in the United States, that's what it's called. And they're they're rushing to Mr. Cooper's apartment. So this whole time, we thought Mr. Cooper was it? Mr. Cooper was the the uh, narrator. 
Um, we find out that it's not, that the, the ambulance was coming to help Mr. Cooper who had died and that the story is being narrated from his Jack Russell dog. So that's the twist is the whole time we thought it was a person narrating it. But at the end, we find out that it was his dog. You know, when I, I listened to this, uh, I was walking on the treadmill and I was staring out at this beautiful sunrise and I realized how much we take for granted here in our country, the openness that we have and what we have all these neighbors, but we are truly isolated and sometimes we close ourselves off. And in this story, we see that Charlie, that the dog, he is living vicariously through all this stuff around because he's trapped in the apartment. And I wonder, do you think that that is maybe an analogy for sometimes how we live our lives in maybe the big cities or in these apartment complexes in wherever uh, I think kind of Mason was intending this for it to be in, in maybe London or something like that. Well, regardless of whether he intended it or not, what does that say that we were able to identify and relate with the isolation this dog felt, right? What, what does that mean? Particularly here in, you know, he wrote this, uh, it's still kind of quarantine. I mean, it's post quarantine in a sense, but we're still in a, not a lockdown, but we're in a restricted state. So what yeah, does that yeah. mean that a dog that's locked up all day in an apartment, <laughs> we can, we can just completely bypass everything and be like, yep, I get that guy. I get the situation that he is in. <laughs> like, like oh, what yeah. does that just say about us as a society? You know, I never thought about that, that this is very much, uh, probably written during or post pandemic that are we meant to be the dog because we're seeing the story through his eyes and sort of living our lives through other people's lives whether it be netflix or just you know creeping on the neighbors or you know through zoom meetings or facetime or something we are really looking into other people's lives through windows all through the pandemic and that's what dogs have to do that are kind of symbolizing us because the dog is given all these human qualities. Right. It's very interesting. Right. Well, and the dog, I don't know if the dog knows that he's a dog, right? <laughs> because, because in terms of the collective pronoun, it says we, as people, as we get older, people expect less of us. Right. And that sets up part of the illusion is that this dog, I think, doesn't know that it's a dog. I think it really does believe it's a human because it's trying to talk to the kid, hitting that ball against the door, and like the kid behaves strangely. And you're like, okay, well that's kind of weird. And it's only later when you when you see the twist and you know that you know the dog's narrating this that you're like, oh, I can see that. How like when you're kicking a ball against a door, a dog's gonna bark, bark, and yep, 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 yep at you, and you and you just smile at it. It makes a lot more sense then. But from this dog's perspective, he's trying to communicate with you. And I think that's kind of interesting to your point. I don't know if the dog actually believes it's a dog because it keeps saying people and the collective pronouns lumps it in with people that it's kind of, I don't want to say it's, it's selling the illusion that's going to happen in a sense. We, we never get a clue that, well, I mean, there's kind of minor clues, but it's, it's also equally washed out with a lot of things that just assume that it's a person. And this is why this story is a great example of the anthropomorphizing of a pet, giving it those human qualities. And it made me a little bit sad. And I guess that's how effective this story is. Because I think about the dog that I lost um, last year. And uh, 
that I don't know if I ever told my little Frankie my name. You know, I always said his name to him, but mm. did I ever tell him my name? Yeah. And so the the Jack Russell here, Charlie, knows Mr. Cooper's name. And I think that's really touching. And a little bit, I think, that there is the theme of relationships, of that, you know, dogs can be our best friends and that we're their best friends too. And that the dog was, you know, very concerned and protective of his master. We you know when the the paramedics and the police arrive, he's like, "Hey, get out of here!" You know, this is this is our this is our place. This is my safety. This is my sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And I really like that the, the relationship that's formed between Mister Cooper and Charlie. Even though we never get to know their relationship from Mister Cooper's viewpoint, only from Charlie's viewpoint, which we assume is a positive one because he seems like a happy dog, right? Absolutely. And you bring up a really good point because you and I are both have recently grieved the loss of a pet through this pandemic. And I, to your point, I don't know if my pet knew my name. I never, I don't know if I ever introduced that, but at the same time you hear that cliche line, pets are family, right? My, you hear people that are vehemently, my dog is my family. And they even give the surname of themselves to that pet. And to your point, this pet was ingratiated in in Mr. Cooper's presence that he actually believed he was one of one of the same as as Mr. Cooper that could just go around and tell this kid to stop yelling and and laugh at the grandma and it was actually kind of funny if you if you didn't know and you listened to this story there's kind of like the, a humorous take on a blind man and an incident that he goes through uh, Mason can probably relate and I don't I'm not saying he's gone through that sort of thing but it was kind of a very ironic take for him to kind of be able to poke fun at that that I don't know he's got a great sense of humor and I think that's kind of part of the charm of this story is that it's just very entertaining. It's funny. And, um, it, it's, it's the flip that makes it happen, I think. And I would, I would love to see, I would love to see more from him on this sort of thing. And I would love to see him even maybe try to tie in more, like more clues in a sense, maybe even, I'm, I'm sure there's other ones that we didn't pick up on, but I'd love to have seen like, you know, kind of like that fifth element twist where you didn't see it coming all along, but not using like, we are people like that. That's too, too assuming that the, the dog was in, in, in a human like that. He didn't differentiate in a sense. Like it, it breaks some of the twist in a sense for me. True. I would also like to talk to Mason and see if he is a dog person. Uh, does he have a dog uh, or is he a cat, you know, cat guy? <laughs> Cause it'd be kind of funny <laughs> if he's like, Oh, I hate animals. I have plants. <laughs> like that would be comical because he does do a good job of creating this, relationship and acceptance of the dog and that's something that i think we fail a lot of times as humans is accepting other people because after mr cooper dies um the neighbor comes and takes charlie away to a new home and at the very end it's this very touching moment where he's sad that he's lost his friend but he's making a new friend i don't remember the lady's name that that takes him um and a tear drops off of her face onto him and they console each other and it's very very heartwarming and I, I would, I would like to talk to Mason about this story. So we, we got to get him on the channel one time. He would probably like uh, Oi from the Dark Tower. You and I talked about that. Like when I was just like, "What's the point of this dog?" And you're like, "You're not a dog person, are you?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess." Eight. Not. <laughs> Eight. <laughs>
All right, guys, we will leave a link, like we said, to his channel down below. Please go check it out. We appreciate both him for writing the story and sharing it. That's a very personal thing, and I think it's awesome that he's going through that type of uh, creative endeavor to kind of share that. So I saw that he just recently dropped a Halloween one, too, so it'd be cool to check that out. And uh, guys, hit that subscribe button if you enjoy, you know, us having discussions about stories, and we appreciate you spending some time with us to hear our thoughts on this one. So with that said, catch you guys on either a Monday or Thursday. Una out. Peace.